0: is Bloomberg
1: Surveillance. We're in trouble with these super low rates. We are causing financial instability. We're causing risk-taking.
0: The world has a golden opportunity at the moment to achieve what I call a deflationary rebalancing. Are a profit recession? Yes. And remember, not all profit recessions precede actual recessions. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance, Michael McKee and Tom Keene. We are in New York. We welcome all of you worldwide, uh, all of you worldwide, and, of course, across this uh, great nation. Uh, Bloomberg 99.1 FM. In Washington, good morning. Bloomberg 1200 Boston. Bloomberg 1130 in a wonderful, really spring-like. A lot of rain yesterday, but a gorgeous New York today.
1: And imagine how the flowers are going to be with all the rain we're
0: having. Yeah, it was a drenching, not not a drenching like flooding and all that, but it was it was a lot of rain. Uh, Bloomberg 960 uh, the Bay Area. Good morning out in San Francisco, where I hear the weather has been spectacular. Uh, recently. This morning, Bloomberg Surveillance, as always, in the 8 o'clock hour, brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory. Trust Cone Resnick. For the strategy, the insight your business needs to move forward, find out what Cone Resnick thinks. Sign up for insights at coneresnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. com. We have spoken to him far too much recently, and somehow, Mike, to June, he's going to be like our best friend. He is head of Brexit rate strategy at UBS. I'm kidding. John Wraith is head of UK rate strategy at UBS, which means he is, uh, as much as anybody I know, knee-deep in thinking about where Brexit goes. John Wraith, once again, good morning. Um, will will good Brexit morning. be the only topic at the G20 meeting? I mean, is it the backstory at the G20 meeting nobody wants to talk about?
2: Um, I'm sure it'll, it'll come up. I think for some of the uh, countries there it'll be a major preoccupation for others, um, perhaps a little less so. Uh, we've heard some comments today from, um, uh, from, from Bullard, for example, a Fed official saying that he doesn't think... Brexit, even if it does happen, will have a major impact on the outlook for the U.S., but clearly closer to Europe and, and uh, the, the Eurozone and obviously in the U.K. itself. It's, uh, it's a very major event.
1: Is, uh, can, have you been able to? Has anybody been able to quantify the impact uh, on a say GDP basis and national in- accounts basis, uh, or is it too complicated?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the issue we have really, of course, is there's no precedent for this. I think, um, you know, I should stress our view is that ultimately the UK will stay in the EU and any dip in activity that we see in the the next few months running up to the vote on the the sort of uncertainty and nervousness will probably bounce back in the second half of the year. But uh, if... The UK were to vote to leave, then there's a whole range of scenarios as to how the situation would unfold. And, and we've sort of categorized them as a softer Brexit where there's a sort of fairly friendly and rapid reestablishment of trading mm. um, agreements and so on, um, and, and all the way to a sort of hard Brexit where some tough negotiating and the establishment of trade barriers right. means that the hits to GDP <clears throat> will be larger.
0: How did Sterling rebound yesterday? We, you know, when you talk to the experts at UBS about how a bid comes in, what's the why that the bid came in? Was it just the streets had enough? And they, they're looking for a quick scalp or is there an underlying story to that? What we saw yesterday, 138 up to 139.84?
2: Well, I mean, uh, I suppose you have to see it in the broader context. We were up at sort of 154 not very long ago, so the the decline is dramatic and there will be temporary corrections. And that said, you know, at the moment, which is somewhat ironic in this debate, the economic data in the UK continues to print pretty favorably. So there are some sort of fundamental reasons for temporary periods of sterling strength, but in our view – sure to be overwhelmed by this background uh, risk all the way through right. to June.
0: John review for our American audience the flows of capital and current account within the United Kingdom. I think we've got a real idea of the flip in current account balances in Japan. Tell me about the, the, the current account surplus deficit flows in the United Kingdom.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, you've hit on something important in this debate. There's a, a large, persistent current account deficit uh, in the UK, (laughs) exacerbated over recent years by the fact that the UK economy has been growing so much faster than uh, most of those in the Eurozone. Um, And often when you see a a slide in a currency on the scale we've seen recently in sterling, attention turns to the current account situation. And when there is a large deficit, it exacerbates the risks of of a sort of more um, out-of-control decline in the currency because of the yeah. fact that uh, external investors are having to, to fund the uh, the current account.
0: The old solution, Michael, was to send Aubrey and Matteren, Aubrey looks like Russell yeah. Kroll, send them down to take over Barbados again. That used to be the solution. <laughs> uh, it, the, the, the,
1: the pound is so widely used in such a deep currency. Is, uh, are we, is there a chance we see a, a really big disorderly decline?
2: There is a chance. Um, I think you know we would compare this really to the to the financial crisis when, in the year running up to it, as the financial system deteriorated, we saw sterling weaken steadily. As I would argue, it has been recently. And then when things went really wrong in in late two thousand and eight, it was sterling that suffered the most because of the UK's exposure to the financial sector being that much larger than anyone else is. Um, I think we're in the same situation again, this sort of gradual weakening of sterling slightly to continue. And if on the the 24th of June the UK has taken the decision to leave the EU, then you could see a much more significant fall uh, in the following months. Although, as I said before, that's not our our central view. We still think the UK will be a member of the EU beyond the referendum.
1: Well, at this point, uh, the currency reflecting uncertainty is it uh ex uh brexit vote uh is it fairly valued or or are we seeing where you know moves that should be made given the current account
2: um Well, I think you know that was all factored in before as far as currency markets were were concerned. I think the only new information in the last few months that's coincided with this fall in sterling is is the referendum suddenly coming into focus the date being fixed um it becoming imminent in in terms of you know market's um, attention span um, and having and having a big inf- uh, Im- impact and as i said before you know that the data in the uk just doesn't merit this i mean if you look just as one example at the um, the, the pmi indices they're stronger in the uk than than any of the other major global economies, um, unemployment's low, retail sales are strong. There's no reason for sterling to be undermined like this. Well
0: well said, but does that imply an expectation of a slowing United Kingdom real GDP?
2: Yeah, possibly. Um, But when you look at the extent of that implied slowing compared to Um, where we are uh, in other economies already and and in the context of the scale of the fall in sterling. I think it goes way beyond what what most forecasts are. I mean, you know, ours is that the recovery continues at a similar pace to the past few years. And, and, you know, I think that's pretty much the consensus, unless uh, we do get a vote to leave the EU, at which point I'm sure there would be a lot of downward revisions to GDP and and every chance that the recovery stalls, at least for the balance of, of this year.
0: Okay, but if we get, you know, the, the, clearly the elite outcome, which is no Brexit and United, everything is status yeah. quo, do you have a level that Sterling rebounds to?
2: Well, I mean, over the over the, uh, the sort of coming months after that, it will take a while and it will depend on any sort of significant dent to activity in the interim. But, you know, we still see a possibility of um, uh, of Sterling ending this year um, significantly stronger than its current level. But as I say, it will depend on activity indicators beyond the referendum, which will tell us how much damage has been done and, and how persistent or temporary it may turn out to be.
1: Well, let me ask about that. Uh, the, uh, the OECD, among others, have been uh, talking, and apparently a, a new note out from uh, your competitors at Citigroup, uh, been talking about uh, much, much slower growth around the world. How does that affect uh, the UK, um, you know, again, ex-Brexit?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, clearly, it, it, if it is a global slowing, it will it will affect all to a degree. I mean, I think you know, as recent years have shown us, the UK has proved quite resilient um, to the, the the slower growth and and the woes of the eurozone in particular, and I think a large part of the reason for that is it has been long a um, service based economy, which is more able to perform. Domestically and more insulated from global slowdowns in terms of a drop in demand for manufactured goods and so on than certain other economies are. So,
0: mm-hmm. you know, the, re-
2: the recovery is somewhat mature and I'm sure that if growth started to slow, it, it, it might see, a, you know, slowing or even a, an end to the decline in the unemployment rate. But um, if there is a sort of genuine slowing of global right. demand, I don't think the U.K. is is at most risk from that by any means. Uh,
0: John Ray's with us will continue this discussion. Uh, he is with at UBS. So Michael McKee, the Bank of England Museum, with an important tweet today. In 1723, Sir Christopher Wren died. Oh, I've been doing a cycle of his that. churches in, in when I'm in oh, London. Yeah? It's really something. Most of them were destroyed in World War II, and with a lot of courage, they were rebuilt. Uh, it was very, very uh, uh, cool. Uh, Mr. Murdoch's father was instrumental in helping rebuild Brides and Fleet Street. And it's really, I really urge people to go see Christopher Wren's magic outside of our new headquarters in London. Is his jewel right next to Mansion House. Mm -hmm. Sir Christopher Wren, uh, on this day, uh, died in 1723. Future's exactly flat.
1: Let's bring in John Tucker now with the latest news from around the world. John? And Houston's going to be the site of tonight's Republican presidential debate with uh, Donald Trump rivals getting one more chance to try and derail the GOP frontrunner. State of emergency in Virginia, that's where four people were killed after tornadoes damaged homes left thousands without power across the state. It's official. The natural gas flowing out of America's shale formations is now available to the world The liquefied natural gas tanker Asia Vision, it left the Chenier Energy Sabine Pass export terminal in Louisiana yesterday with the first cargo of U.S. shale gas, the tanker bound for Brazil. And score one for humans, Uh, Mercedes-Benz says, with a growing array of options on its cars, robots can't keep up. They're relying more and more on human workers on the assembly line, reclaiming space uh, there to put in those options. Interesting.
0: I am so glad you... Did the natural gas thing. Yeah. Look, Mike, look at Nat Gas. 1.735 per gazillion British thermal units. We'll have to talk Chenier with David Wilson. We'll do that in the next hour. Bloomberg Surveillance.
1: This news update was brought to you by the all-new BMW of Springfield. Find amazing pricing on every certified pre-owned BMW. Visit BMWofSpringfieldNJ.com. Financing and leasing available. BMW Financial Services.